Nick Hichel. <laughs> You're gonna get in all sorts of places you don't belong. I'm gonna turn that off now. The one place you do belong, though, is is Smite Me, the Tory podcast. Yes, you belong. That's oh. one place you absolutely belong. Um, <laughs> this is that. This is that podcast, Smite Me. Um, I am John Alcabes, and I'm here with my co-host, Ayani. Hi. And, um, Josh, um, cannot be here today, but we have the illustrious and good Ethan Black. Howdy. I would, I would describe Ethan both as illustrious and good in the context of our podcast and in the context of our friendship. Aw. That's very kind. I don't know if I would use I think illustrious might be pushing it sometimes. I'll take good. I'll take that <laughs> one. I don't know if I know what illustrious means. Does that mean you like illustrate stuff? No, uh, it's like, not it's like great um, at drawing. It's like you're when you show up, it's like of um it's an event, you know? Illustrious. Like implying that perhaps you don't illustrate things, but perhaps other people illustrate things about you. One time I was in um, Romania, um, and it was on a, a college Hillel trip in Romania, and it was Purim, and I won, I uh, got second place in the costume contest, so this woman drew a portrait of me wearing, like, an umbrella hat, and I stared into her eyes for, like, an hour, <laughs> and I fell in love, so. <laughs> I think it's the one time I've been drawn well. Damn. Nothing more romantic than Romanian Purim. <laughs> so, I was wait. To be clear, what was your costume? Just umbrella hat guy? I uh, yeah, umbrella hat and a Hawaiian shirt guy. Beautiful. And you had to stare into her eyes. I got to. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine that umbrella hat guy plus Hawaiian shirt guy is. Yeah, you'll stand out in Romania. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, for the most part. Um. So I was thinking about this the other day, and we've taken a departure from certain traditions, um, both within the context of our culture and within the context of our podcast. Um, and I was thinking, we used to talk a lot about smiteable deeds, you know? It's true. Yeah. And uh, it can be hard to kind of think of a smiteable deed all the time, because sometimes you're just going through life, and you're just sort of, when you're under constant threat, it does. How can you really tell what it's going to be? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, these days with people like Donald Trump running around, it's more like indictable deeds. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Continue, though. <laughs> Thank you. Please don't mind me. Is the guy who indicted Trump a, a Jew? <laughs> oh, I hope so. <laughs> um, but what I was thinking is perhaps we can uh, not always focus on the negative and always focus on the, uh, you know, us getting smited. And as a way of opening ourselves up to each other, we can also talk about as an alternative maybe things that we feel b blessed or if not blessed, it, it, you know. So you can kind of have a high or a low, but a little bit of a shared tidbit of information. I would lean towards smiteable deeds, but I just wanted to pose that to you as a question. So how how does that feel to you? So instead of smiteable deeds, sometimes you can share big big blessings. Yeah, big big blessings. Yeah, BBB, <laughs> the triple B. That's I mean that's a good practice. Um, that the entertainment value there is is a uh, that's it's tougher, but but I think we can make it work. Gratitude, I, baby. I think 
I think also when I mean big, big blessings, they can be facetious. I don't think you have to be uh, completely honest and completely um, uh, uh, genuine with how they feel. But it's just something to consider. I also don't have either of those things for this week. Yeah, I mean, I'm, lo- I'm loving being in Denver. Um, <laughs> I got I got a car that I'm renting. It's, it's some guy's car. It's like from one. It's not even a, like a, it's not from Hertz. It's from some guy. It's just uh, he met me at the airport. Um, so I'm grateful for him. And Wait, for Prius, so. you just met a guy at the airport and he let you rent his car. <laughs> yeah, it's through this app called Turo. It's like it's just kind of the logical conclusion of our economy where it's like, hey, do you want to make your money off of your car? And are you not going to use it for like a few days? Why don't you rent it to a stranger? And I, they take care of all the insurance stuff, I guess. And so that's the car. But it's, that's the Prius have been driving around Colorado. Great mileage on those babies, as you know. <laughs> the Toyota Prius. Sponsor the podcast, <laughs> Prius and Turo. Yeah, I was gonna say. So your big, big blessing is just uh, is just capitalism doing its thing. Yeah, <laughs> capitalism <laughs> is in fact a big, big blessing. Uh, she wrote a children's book called "Capitalism <laughs> Is a Big, Big Blessing," and uh, you throw in a couple pictures of Jesus, uh, the other Yehoshua, um, and uh, there you go. Oh, that's true. I guess I didn't. I never thought about that. Jesus is another Joshua. Wait, why? He's Jesus. Yeah, but, but his like Hebrew name is like Yehoshua. Huh. Okay. Yeah, because isn't Jesus just kind of like the Greek-ish version of saying that at the time? Yeah. No, Jesus is like I don't know some Greek or something. Um, but it's Yehoshua, which I just think like thinking of Jesus as just some like random guy named Josh like makes it way funnier. Sure. Thinking of this guy as a random guy named Josh also makes it pretty fun. Um, I don't actually visualize our Josh when I'm reading through this text, but maybe I should have been. Maybe every time you think of your Josh, you can start thinking of Jesus. I think of that probably more. He's he, he's he rather Christ-like. Us. He gets us. <laughs> I feel like Jesus and Josh, Josh Marcus, <laughs> the other person who's not here, who technically we're talking shit about, uh, I feel like they have uh, um, probably a similar manner of speaking. That's how I imagine Jesus. Well, in that case, do you have any Jews in the news or anything like that? Or Ethan, do you have any smiteable deeds slash big, 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 big blessings? Jews in the news. No, we tried to go on the forward.com, but there wasn't really any good Jewish news. I will say I did. I was getting sponsored tweets um, from the Kelly Clarkson show um, about stopping anti-Semitism. And it was Kelly Clarkson, this, like, TikTok teen who does cool dances, was, like, doing cool dances about stopping anti-Semitism and was on the Kelly Clarkson show. Um, and, yeah. and they were paying to advertise that on Twitter. So that was, uh, that was pretty cool, I guess. On the topic of stopping anti-Semitism, Jubilong has, like, really tripled their budget on their advertising in the Bay Area. Um, oh, yeah. Give, give me updates. It's gotten to the point now where I I'm I it's frustrating. It's it's um there's at least four in San Francisco, um, including ones that are just along like internal thoroughfares, not even the highways, which I find infuriating. 
Are there are they all slogans that we're already familiar with? Are there any new ones? No, there's a there's there's two San Francisco specific ones. Um, one of them being that like, one of them is literally says San Francisco, comma addressing the person. Um, this is a sign that you're not doing enough to fight anti-Semitism. Oh my God. I mean, I don't know what else. I, that's like pretty boilerplate for them, but that's why. Like, what's the person supposed to go do? You know what I mean? I was kind of wondering, like, what was the big thing that happened in the San Francisco Bay Area that made everyone think, like, anti-Semitism is, like, is back, baby? Or just weird to have a call to action like that being, like, you're not doing enough to combat anti-Semitism. And it's like, okay, well, what should I do? A billboard campaign? Seems like you're already on it. <laughs> There's another one that says uh, something about, like, you, bah, 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 San Francisco, you're not as woke as you think you are because you aren't doing anything about anti-Semitism. Again, it's kind Give of like— Give me a break. It's like— Weak sauce. What are we supposed to do? <laughs> like, what's my neighbor Sam supposed to do to help me out to fight anti-Semitism? <laughs> you know? We gotta— um, Look, until there's a Chabad guy, like— like guilt tripping you into wrapping tefillin on every single street corner in San Francisco, you're not doing enough. There are a ton of them. I mean, they're not guilt tripping anyone. They're a little bit chiller than that, the ones in, in San Francisco at least. But, like, yeah, they're around. You see them in every single neighborhood too. You can't turn a fucking corner without seeing a Chabad house. It's just like – it's kind of just like any other awareness grift where it's like if you make the whole thing about awareness – then once you get the awareness, you're fucked because you're just a car, a dog that caught the car. You know what I mean? Like, what are you going to – if you don't have a game plan for what you're going to do with all of the awareness you're raising, it's just this weird – Right. It's it's how you know it's a grift because it only works as long as the thing that's the problem is kind of vague and undefined. However, yes. however, a grift implies that somebody would be collecting money rather than just lighting it on fire. So I'm not <laughs> sure that's the right word. Oh, there's some marketing agency that's that's cleaning up very well right now. From what though? Who is? Are they selling T-shirts yet? I don't know. It's not just like uh, the marketing agency. Whoever is paying for this, like Kain Saban or like the George Soros um, slash the ghost of Sheldon Adelson uh, teaming up to stop <laughs> Jew hatred. Whoever they're paying, that that's who's benefiting from this. <laughs> Yeah, this is the result of a very, very, very secret, is, but also very public seance in which Sheldon Adelson. Is there any, uh, is there any Jew, Jew belong billboards in in Denver? You've noticed or I had around not Colorado? Seen any. No, hmm. not here yet. Don't worry. Denver, it's it's clearly a, a town uh, with with no history of anti-Semitism ever. Does well, it have Does it have a history of anti-Semitism? I, I don't know. The the KKK ran Denver for like a very long time in the 1920s and 30s and um i don't know someone tried to blow up a synagogue a few years ago in pueblo colorado that was cool damn that's not cool at all that's um don't worry it'll start with trucks they start with just like you know those billboard trucks of course yeah just a, a truck with the the bed has just like a big a big sign that they made yeah it's yeah it'll start with that and then it'll um and then it'll it'll infect the rest of your public uh, highway system. What if the the like natural? What if the okay? The, what if this is what happens? The, what if this is the arc of of Jubal, Jubalon? Is that the lady 
behind it all loses funding and then she kind of just buys like a beat up van and just like writes Jubilong stuff with her in just her own handwriting and paint on the side of the van and she's just you know what i mean i mean if that's the case then i applaud her for committing to what her art is you know if you're willing to do if you're willing to do what it takes without the glitz and the glam without the shining lights of hollywood without the the big new york dinner parties and you're willing to just kind of vaguely attack people for not not combating anti-semitism in your beat up fucking pt cruiser <laughs> then you know th- that what is what is a truer artist then just just like walking into walking into like jack in the box at 11:30 p.m. and ask asking everyone like excuse me do you stand with the jewish people <laughs> just walking up to everyone individually uh, anyway did the 21 jump street thing did you guys talk about that in your last episode no we kind of i mean we can talk about it we yeah, kind of you want to hit me i don't even know what it is because i'm not on the internet enough or at least i'm not on that internet kanye enough. decided he liked jews again because he saw jonah hill in a funny movie it's just like you know oh D- did he apologize for anything that he said not really. He just kind of was like, he's like, I watched Twenty One Jump Street and Jonah Hill is hilarious. I love Jewish people now. Yeah, no, I don't believe he issued an apology. That's amazing. <laughs> you know what? I guess he's still on record that I believe all of those things, but I also believe this positive thing about you too. So yeah, I love good. that he's like. He, like, still loves Hitler. He's like, I just, my one regret is that Adolf Hitler never got to see a Jonah Hill movie. Because that would have changed everything. That's not what he said. No, no, that's okay. me, like, putting more words in his mouth. Gotcha. I mean, he could have. He's, he's, he's as funny as any of us. <laughs> he could have come up with that. Is that? But no, I mean, imagine a world where, you know, they say, oh, what if, what if Hitler had gotten into art school? Okay, what if he had fucking sat his ass down and watched Superbad? Maybe he wouldn't have been as as super bad as he was. <laughs> Fucking ate this. I'm sorry I asked. <laughs> that was my fault. That was my smiteable deed. I wasn't supposed to pry into that. that Is throwing that, that throwing me that giant alley oop. <laughs> uh wow. You know. Yeah, it goes to show that the the more you learn, the less you know. Um, well, that's fun. I'm glad that Kanye is, is Kanye good now? Is everyone like, <laughs> we're going to forget about the fact that he went on like info. I mean, I think we're just stuff. waiting for whatever the next thing is. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he'll be back. Maybe not to info wars, but to similar spaces. Well, that's all good. That's, that's amazing that we, we got some, some juice in the news there. So, Hey, we're talking about the last book or the last chapters of this book this book of joshua i know our boy josh is sadly not with us but we're finishing the book without him his own damn book which is okay because this uh the majority of this book is not um not rich in in storytelling it is primarily uh, a, a sort of logging of who owns what and the borders and territories of of the people. It's um, what theologists call a snooze fest. <laughs> it's what more than just theologists call a snooze fest. Um, but 
uh, we're gonna keep on pushing through it, and there is a little bit of fun shit happening here. Um, so, if you guys, uh, with your permission, I do have a little bit of a summary of, of what we covered. Please, hit oh. it. Okay, so, they finally de finished dividing up all of the land between all the tribes. There's a whole chapter of it. It was amazing. It's actually laid out perfectly. I did not read that chapter. There's no information in there. It's great. Um, and then we're given a little update on how the Cities of Refuge work. It's not a big thing. It's basically just that if you kill a person on accident, it says specifically that you got to run up to the gates, state what happened, and then you can stay there until there's a trial or until the high priest in Jerusalem dies. Which I think is kind of an interesting. It's I don't know. So when the high priest dies, it's just kind of jailbreak. No, you're good. No trial. You're good. So jailbreak. Mm, I don't think you're in jail. I think you're in like a a, a a modified, expansive. It's like you're on probation, but if probation was in particular a, an entire city, but you didn't live there, so like you get an apartment in a like it, it would be like if I did my probation, but I was in Denver. Instead of San Francisco. So the whole the whole city, the whole refuge city is for people who like accidentally killed someone and then had to run away so that they didn't get revenge murdered. Yep. And that's the whole city. Yep. Every like every ice cream man, every mailman, <laughs> someone who accidentally kind of a city of buffoons. If it's people who are accidentally killing people, you know what I mean. It's no. It's not like evil like murderers. It's just people who are like just butterfingers who. <laughs> Or people who are, like, really good murderers who make it look like accidents. Um, yeah, but if they were really good, well, I don't know. I don't know what the City of Refuge is like. If I was going to say if they were really good, then they would do it in a way where they don't have to go to the City of Refuge. But maybe the City of Refuge is the place to be. Mid-tier murderers. It might be a good place to set up a casino because it might also be full of people who are just extremely unlucky. <laughs> yeah, I mean... Do you think there's good nightlife? In the City of Refuge? Yes, I do. Because I think you're going to have all the mix of the people who actually committed a murder and got away with it, and they're just running purely on endorphins. You know what I'm saying? You're going to have all the people who are extremely depressed because they killed someone on accident, and they're going to want to drown their sorrows, you know? And then you're going to have all the, the little weird fucking uh, 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 miscreants in between that, that know how to make money off of these people. I think it's a, a happening place. All right, I'm in. Yeah, Salt Lake City versus New York. You know, Salt Lake City is founded by people who want to be, you know, a little bit more straight edge in their life, and New York is founded by, you know, a bunch of people stealing land and, and setting up bars and whorehouses. Which one do you want to be at? Salt Lake City is better skiing, so. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, okay, so. Um, Probably both have a lot of poly people. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Um, so uh, they d divide up the cities for the Levites, but they don't know because they don't know their own tracts of land. It doesn't really fucking matter. Um, and then at the end of that chapter, we finally get uh, it's official. They've conquered the land of Canaan. They've defeated all their foes. God said that they're all defeated. Everyone gets ice cream, and God is very very happy. <laughs> you doing all right? <laughs> Sorry, we just. <laughs> It's an important update, which is that <laughs> in the Severia.org translation, there's a guy named Jeep Jeebus. <laughs> that is J-E-B-U-S, Jeebus. <laughs> Who is Jeebus? 
<laughs> I don't know what happens when you click on Jeebus. It says the Jebu site. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that got us so good. <laughs> is his name is Jeebus? <laughs> Jeebus of the Jebu sites. Yeah. Nice. He had a whole people named after him. Yeah. After that, basically, I don't know if you all remember, and if any of the listeners don't, there was a promise made. This whole thing is about promises, but there was a promise made to a couple tribes that they were going to actually have land that was not in the technical land of Canaan, but in Jordan. Um, so now that the land is officially conquered, it's like, okay, we're all good. The promise is fulfilled, and they give those tribes their land, the tribes of Reuben, God, and Manasseh, right? And Joshua gets them all together. They have a big, big huggy hug. Um, and he's like, look, you're free Like you're free to go take the land that we took over there. Like this is – wartime is over now. Um, and he blesses them, and the tribes go and build this giant altar across the river. They cross the Jordan to where their lands are. This freaks everybody out. Um, the, so they round up a posse, basically, and they're going to go kick the asses of these tribes who just set up a new altar. Um, but before they do that, they send Pincus, the uh, the son of the high priest, to go talk some sense. And the priest is like, hey, look, uh, I don't know if you know this, but our god is vengeful and uh, really into collective punishment. Um so if you build this altar and you start making sacrifices and doing all that shit at it, uh, we're all going to get fucked over. Um, but the other uh, tribes basically say, like, hey, this is a statue to commemorate us and the things we did, and uh, we're not going to do any religious stuff at it. It's just kind of like a dope uh, big old rock, and we would like to commemorate it, and it's kind of like a token of friendship. Um it's a it's a it's a giant co commemorative plaque basically um like a key to the city and then that's that's enough for pincus and he says yeah, we're all good um it's the end of that chapter and then joshua finally he gets everyone together and he's like doc i'm old i'm past my prime i look how i got you this land look at how god defeated all your enemies and he kind of leaves a couple notes. Note number one is don't forget to listen to God and follow the Bible. And uh, don't ever, ever go against God and don't ever engage in any of the practices of any other nations. Um, and he kind of caps it off with saying that, like, hey, see all this land? See all these battles we won? See how God kind of provided for you in every single way and how everything even though we were against crazy odds worked out for us well god is going to do the exact opposite shit to you if you ever disobey um and then god basically talks to them and is like hey uh it summarizes the story of the israelites up till now goes over the moses stuff goes over the abraham stuff goes over that um and the israelites the men promise once again to serve god and they put a big fucking rock at the doorpost of the sanctuary of the lord and Joshua dies. He's 110. And finally, after all this time, they fucking bury Joseph's bones in the land. That Because that's what he requested. Since Why now? Because it's done. Why now the bones? Because they got there? Yeah, it's done. They've conquered. It, bah, 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 you know? Like, signing the, signing, they've signed the lease. You know? They're the tenants they didn't now. Want any, the, they didn't want to carry around this spooky skeleton. 
much longer. They've been carrying it around for a while. Yeah. You would think you'd get used to it. You think, like, one guy's got the femur, one guy's got the shin? I think... You, think you, gotta, you gotta keep it together. I think at some point that happened just because it was like, well, we're... Obviously, we're never gonna bury this guy. We're just gonna carry him around with us. And it was probably a day where they had to hunt down all the little pieces of him. Or they just buried one bone. We don't fucking know. Who cares? It's made up. But yeah, that's the, so that's the end of the, the, that's the end of the story of Joshua. I think it's also the end of the story of, like, outside of the land Israelites, right? It's sort of like af- everything after this is going to be like, hey, we, like, live here for real. It's not – it's going to take a different context. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Now, we talked about Pincus. Did we hear anything from his evil twin Stinkus? <laughs> you're, you're, you're on it today, buddy. <laughs> um, I did uh, – there's not a tremendous amount here, um, but I did pull out this one line that I thought was interesting, particularly in the modern context, if I may read it to you. It was, I didn't fucking put the verses in or anything like that because I wasn't thinking clearly about that. But basically, when God is kind of telling the Israelites, like, okay, this time for real, like, you have the thing I promised now. Like, you have to be, you have to listen to me. He says, I have given you the land for which you did not labor and cities which you did not build and you have settled in them of the vineyards and olive yards which you did not plant, you eat basically saying that like hey look i i got you all this stuff and not only did you not have to build it you didn't have to do any of the hard work and i thought it was interesting that within the context of this um of this book kind of the the recognition that like this is built off of kind of the work of people who just weren't in god's favor um yeah, that was just a, a fun little thing I saw. Yeah, it's like kind of dark, but also par for the course. I mean, it's interesting because it's God promising the Israelites, like, look at all these amazing things I'm doing for you. I'm giving you these things that you don't even have to build. But it's like, yeah, but you didn't build it either, God. Like some other guys did who I guess you created them, but they're not your chosen people. So fuck them. Hey, you know who else was a guy who said you didn't build that? Barack Obama. <laughs> Uh, you didn't build that. You didn't build that. <laughs> Obama on my, like, at my house, on my deck. You didn't build that? I never said I did, Barack. We don't need to keep bringing this up. I was imagining um, Barack Obama having, like, meetings with big contractors now or whatever. And then whenever someone is just kind of like, yeah, we built the, you know, blah, 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 blah. You didn't build that. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know, Ethan, thoughts? You got, you know, have, or actually, have you even, have you ever read the book of Joshua before? Uh, I have not, I have not. Now, I can um, play the role of the, the listener stand-in, who's sort of here to, to learn and try to figure out, um, you know, the themes, I guess. Like, so, I don't know, that, and John was talking a lot about how it's a lot of, you know, snooze-fest Talking about different people, different tribes splitting up the land. I think there are other um, broader metaphors, implications to that, or 
you think it's just kind of some straightforward accounting and, and record keeping? The last time we were talking about this, I kind of we, we'd made it a, a kind of a, an idea or central premise of the show to try not to engage. This is such an old text, and there's kind of like so much tradition from all over the world at this point of like how you kind of deal with these stories. And we kind of made a point of not really trying to like get too deep into what other people have said over the centuries. And, um, you know, and kind of just sort of let the words do what they do to us, right? Um, and I think last time we kind of figured out that, like, well, when you're in this real dry shit like this, it's kind of impossible to, like, ignore what has been written about it before just because it's like, well, if there, if this is all that there is and someone thinks otherwise, like, I kind of want to see what they feel. And honestly, there's not that much, like, crazy scholarly stuff about the contents of the book of Joshua. It seems mostly to be about, like, the context that surrounds it, right? Like, there's a lot more to discover in terms of, like, who maybe wrote the book and, like, what period it's from than there is in sort of, like, why these appear in – why these stories appear at this point. Like, it's pretty clear that it's pretty dry, just, eh. You know, it's uh, – it, you're right. It is kind of just an accounting of what happened. It's almost well, – I guess, Well, I guess you could say that in some ways – you know, if the entire Torah up to that point was just a bunch of foreplay of, like, God telling the Israelites, oh, you don't know how good you're going to have it. You're going to have this land, and it's going to rule, and you're going to live there, and it's going to be so nice. And then they're sort of there. It's like Abraham's there for a little bit. Then not really because then they go to Egypt, and they spend another 40 years wandering around. Like, sort of say the end of the book of joshua is like kind of like after the foreplay and that like oh okay like we've been hearing about this for a while and it sort of happened um we're there and it's kind of the the post uh come down a little bit like uh okay yeah i guess sure i mean i think it's worth noting because you said that that like all of this is essentially because a long time ago Abraham was promised this land by this deity god, right? And it's worth noting that this entire – I think this might be, like, the only time in the book of Joshua they even mention Abraham, and it is for exactly one line. There's not even, like, a Well, because he's doing that classic god thing of, like, just recounting – it's, like, kind of a dad move, to be honest. Just, like, he's just repeating – telling you stuff that happened that you already know about, but he's like, you got to hear it from me. But it kind of is, it's worth noting that, like, this is essentially the, um, this is the fulfillment of the grand promise, right? Like, there's all this, we remember fucking all the shit happening in Genesis. Like, it was fucking chaos. Like, Abraham's going through all these trials and tribulations and all this fucking bullshit, because God has promised essentially that his and his offspring, his descendants, will have this beautiful land, and like the best that he can get you in terms of like marking the occasion is like, and I remember that guy. He was a he was an interesting feller. Uh, 
I don't know. I don't think it's that surprising that, like, the text really wants you to focus on, like, the magnificence of God or whatever, but I think it is kind of interesting that the main characters, humans, that we are supposed to be able to, like, relate to are completely kind of an afterthought. Which, the humans that are in the story that are currently alive? No, and even, even like, Abraham or whatever. He's like, yeah, I promised it to this guy. Anyways, that guy was fucking old and boring. Look at all this shit you got now. Like, Abraham is ostensibly the reason any of those Israelite characters are there. To begin with. This is the only reason. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, tied together. I don't know. People there, I guess, maybe still remember or probably didn't talk much about Abraham before that. Could be fun is to take a little peek at what whatever's next for us. <laughs> Why is that so funny? Oh, just because it's... Uh, dude, this this the book of Joshua was... <laughs> oh, yeah. It was... Uh, it was a roughie. Much like God made a promise to to Abraham, we made a promise to ourselves that we would read this whole dang thing, and now it's time to cash in. Yeah. What are you what are we peeking at for the next little bit of time? Oh actually no, before we go to that, actually, Ethan, I have a question. We've mentioned before, we won't mention anybody else's name, but like like your dad's a rabbi, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rabbis know things about jewish stuff is what i've heard (laughs) that's what they say (laughs) that that's at least what they say you're right um what anything about the book of joshua ever come up not really much it's just sort of like i guess the beginning sort of exciting with like you know the sequel to the torah and uh you know people coming into israel but some good imagery you know the, the walls of jericho falling down that that's pretty cool um some fun storytelling but otherwise not really yeah it looks like looks like we got judges coming up next so could go either way hopefully it's like uh i don't know like a judge judy judge mathis kind of thing and we get to hear about petty little little disputes you know oh i think judges is kind of like where we get a lot more of the like legends right like like david versus goliath and like the the uh the the samson and delilah and like i feel like that's where that shit comes in right you're also i don't i don't i don't know off the top of my head they very well could be but um i feel like the torah from everything i've read is full of sort of all sorts of petty shit um in in little grievances between people um probably a few too many but um yeah you know it's a, it's kind of a shame that the book of Joshua like originally did not come with a Tolkien-esque map of the land of Israel like I'm sure you can get those but like I feel like this really needs like a little like in the first like two pages of the book that you can flip back to like the map especially just going through all these different locations and cities like that would really be helpful it's kind of funny you say that because most of what i could see on the like educational aspect of of like having a lesson plan about the book of jonah is exactly that it's just like these orthodox guys being like uh you see that in the book that's right here and then you see <laughs> they're like oh so maybe they went this way and then someone else will make a very impassioned debate about how they couldn't possibly have gone that way because clearly they went south before they went this way and whatever um 
so I think you're right. It is a shame, and I think the testament to that, that why it should be in there, is how many people have spent their time coming up with 45-minute lesson plans for other Chabad people about, you know, tracking the route of the fellowship from the Shire to, to Mordor, but for Jews. Yeah. Who is the Who are the ring wraiths in the, the book of Joshua? I feel like it's got to be the giants that are very casually maybe mentioned. Okay, that well, that's that. <laughs> that you're really kind of hiding the. They bury the lead on the, the giants. They say that the yeah, this guy the goes up to kill the the sons of the giant. Um, and don't really mention anything beyond that. They do. They fucking bury the lead. Maybe it just. But we discussed this, right? It might just be some normal kid who's like, "Yeah, my dad's a giant. We don't really have much in common." <laughs> this is a giant. <laughs> we don't really have that much in common. <laughs> what do we even talk about? I can't yeah, connect with my dad because his his flagons of beer are so much larger than mine. His shoes are I impossible for me <laughs> literally to fill. <laughs> yeah, one time I got in trouble for taking a nap in one of his shoes. <laughs> um, yeah, that's all I got. Um, unless you want to once again talk about like the weird way that it's taught for nationalistic purposes, but there's not really that much there either beyond what we've already do you discussed. Think, do you think Joshua got a raw deal to sort of – or like, do you think Joshua as like a leader kind of taking over from Moses got like a good deal or a bad deal? One of like, the worst deals in the history of deals. Yes, but also – I mean, yes, he sort of took over, but he also – he put in his time, you know, to wander through the desert for 40 years. That's like, you know, you're at work, you're trying real hard, and then your boss just, like, won't step down or die, and then the boss finally dies, and you kind of get there, and then you have to, like, deal with, like, all sorts of land and zoning disputes, which seem pretty boring. Um, I Yeah, that's true. We're complaining about being bored. Imagine how bored Joshua was, and he's just in it. He's just in the shit. Okay, so here's me. Here's the deal. I have, I do have an answer, and it's more thoughtful than it needs to be because this book is not that interesting. But as to the boring, they drew lots. Joshua's not really making any decisions. They're rolling dice for the tracks of land. So they're just like playing risk, essentially. Uh, that's risk involves strategy, my friend. You, they're just letting them bones roll. <laughs> and hey, you get what you get. Wonder if the dice, the dice are made out of Joseph's bones. It's a big controversy because, uh, yeah. Um, so to that end, I don't think he's working that hard. I don't think he's thinking that much about where any of this is all going to end up. And also, uh, I think he's—I think he has a pretty good deal because at the end of the day, like all the hard stuff already happened, right? They already wandered through the desert. They already got smited a bunch by God. That was all under Moses, like. The whole book of Joshua is just basically like, look at how great it is when you actually fucking follow God's word, right? Like, that's the, a big theme of it is obedience. And, like, things work out for the Israelites when they don't stray away from what God tells them to do, and it doesn't work out when they do. It is pretty, like, striking that there's no middle ground. Like, you know what I mean? It, it explicitly says, like, either you do everything God says and he will love you and you'll be the most powerful amazing people or don't do what he says and he'll ruin your life but you can't just you can't just coast you can't just get like a you know shitty service job live your life 
you can't eat your little TV dinner. There's a there's an issue reconciling the logic between something that essentially understands and knows all things and can be everywhere all at once and has created the universe and is also telling you that flipping the light switch on on a Friday night is a no-no. I get it. On the other hand, you know, it is good at least that a lot of these things are pretty specific. You know, some of them are pretty vague and like and they just said like uh be good. I mean, yes, there definitely are s- like some of those like vague things, but like, you know, some of the more specific stuff. It's like, you know what? Thank you for you just telling me uh, being real and clear with this. Um, you know, trying to have as, as little ambiguity as possible, you know, because sometimes in the world people will ask you to do something and you have to go back and forth with them five times until you figure out what they actually want. You're saying thank you for the guidelines, the boundaries. Like God has definitely yeah. put out some boundaries about like this is what I'm comfortable with. Yeah, uh, yeah boundaries can be healthy. That can be. Boundaries are often healthy. Um, uh, uh, now I take that back now that I said that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I think they could be healthy or damaging. I don't know. Yeah. Like yeah. uh uh but but yeah, maybe it is better that like God could be like, "Hey, I find it gross that you mixed uh dairy products with meat, you know? We don't want to we don't want to trigger all all God." I guess what also I'm thinking about is like do we or do we not have a hell? Cuz theoretically, you know, there's we don't really have a hell, but then there's this whole He's basically saying, like, if you don't listen to me, it'll be hell on earth, right? Like, I don't know. I guess that's kind of a stretch. It's not literally hell, but it's – there is that weird punitive aspect that Jews sometimes pat ourselves on the back for not having, but it's kind of there. I think I would agree with that criticism in that I don't think that – I don't think just comparing the fact that our tradition doesn't really have, like, a, a – a helly place to go when you die like the 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 punitive aspect is there and also same with the heavenly one it's not like everyone goes to heaven and no one goes to hell like it's just those aren't concepts that are really addressed in like the jewish tradition and what is addressed is like very concrete things that can fuck up your life or make your life better that's written in these books you know like it's not promises of like Oh, if you do all this, you're going to live a mid's life, but then you're going to go to heaven and you're going to have constant orgies and it's going to be the most amazing thing in the world. It's like you're going to be rich in this life. And the punishment is not like, oh, you're going to get roasted over a fire while demons pluck at your eyes. It's that like everyone will abandon you. All the people you love are going to turn into fucking dust around you from starvation and I'll make sure that anything that you ever try to do well ever in your life will come to failure. It's all just like shit you can live. Or or if you're smote and swallowed by a hole in the earth, that that's pretty bad too. But that that's more of a rare occasion. I feel like that's a um that's that's a, that's only for that's like the nice dishes. If you grew up in a household with with sets of dishes that were in multiples, you know, you were like that's for big deal you don't wear that ring at at, at everything you wear it for the weddings you know what i'm saying yeah but if you're if he's really saying i will make you fail in every endeavor that i remember him saying that a few he said that before and that's that's like does that mean every endeavor like like every time you try to pick something up it doesn't 
you can't pick it up. <laughs> like you drop it. Every you're just the clumsiest person of all time. That that's a pretty pretty fitting punishment. <laughs> if you can't even do a single thing right. Could you game the system also and say like I'm going to um be really bad at uh cooking delicious dinners. I'm going to be I'm going to try to be so bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, God, you're just in your kitchen saying that out loud. God <laughs> God is in heaven pacing like, fuck, you got me. I don't know what to do. Guess he just has to be good at making delicious dinners now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like if you can, if you can, I'd like the idea that maybe God can only understand like a very base level of human emotion. And it's like, well, he said it. That must be what he believes. Can he hear our thoughts too? I don't know. Ask him. <laughs> Next time you see him, <laughs> is that what it doesn't really address that in the book? It'd be, be convenient if at one point it was like, and the Jebusites went here, and the Benjaminites went here. Also, God can hear all your thoughts. <laughs> I, I feel like actually, God listening to your thoughts and knowing what's going on in your like heart and whatever i feel like that is kind of more of a, a later like not even just christian but more of a like protestant kind of like late 17th or late 18th and 19th century kind of idea you know that like yeah i don't think this god yeah. gives a shit about what you think it is very individualistic yeah this god doesn't he's like yeah he doesn't give a shit what you think he just wants you to do the right thing and he's like i don't care you hate me. Um, but then think about like the commandments, a lot of coveting rules. That's kind of all in your brain, right? Coveting. I guess it's with your eyes, but. Sure. Also, I so. think they actually mentioned that like in, I think somewhere in the book of numbers, they do mention that like, look, you don't have to like it. Right. Do you remember that, John? Don't they kind of mention at some point where they're just kind of like, look, you can have whatever you want in your heart. <laughs> just shut yeah. the fuck up. Did they, did they say that or do we kind of imply that? Do we kind of – I guess they kind of say that. I, ah, we'd have to pull it up. Um, but I do kind of remember them sort of being like, well, you can – like the prescription being that like it's okay for you to have doubts. And it's okay for you to be like, I don't know how much I really agree with this. It's just not okay for you to act on those thoughts. Um, I think that's definitely how, like, very religious people talk about, uh, like, gay people. It's like, hey, you know, you can, it's like we're trying to be sympathetic. Like, you can think whatever you want. You just can't uh, stuff a dude. Yeah. You can think about hot guys with abs <laughs> and, like, that little V thing that goes towards their dick. You can think about all of it, man. Right at the base of the tree. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's really all I got. That's the yeah, I think, you know, Joshua, you know, we squeezed 50 minutes out of this. That's not bad. I will say at the end, just reading this translation, it says, uh, not to worship alien gods An alien God would be a sick name for a band or like a rapper. Ooh, alien God. Oh shit. Alien God is a good name for a rapper. Yeah. Or alien goddess for like a... Yeah, yeah, for 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 somebody for a who identifies as a goddess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, for a chick. Actually, shit, alien goddess is even better. Holy fuck. <laughs>
got well you got at least one thing out of this you got at least one thing out of this come on okay all right, <laughs> all right. <laughs> folks this has been smite me um send this episode to 10 people for good luck and for prosperous fortunes Um, people, yeah, fuck it. I'm not even going to do the thing. Have a good night, everyone. Uh.